Um, also in your bulletin, as we begin to find our text, Revelation 22, for the message this morning, in your bulletin, there I'm referencing a lot of scripture this morning. So uh, I think that's, uh, that's the right thing to do with what I've got to preach this morning. And uh, I, I realize what I'm going to preach this morning is probably, it's, I know it's not popular, so I'm just, uh, I'm giving you scripture references printed right here you can take with you if you want to study it out for yourself. And um, also if you just want to verify what I'm telling you, if you want to study yourself and deepen your knowledge in what the word says, uh, you've got scripture references in the bulletin. So uh, you can track back to what I'm preaching on this morning. Uh, Revelation 22, if you would uh, stand with me when you find your place in Revelation 22. And these verses that, if you look in your bulletin, the way that they're, they're printed, they're referenced, it is in order of how, uh, Lord willing, we will travel through these, these verses. Revelation 22. Now, we'll go back down to the verse, uh, verse 18. We're almost to the end of the entire text of the Word of God. And the Bible says in Revelation 22, verse number 18, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this time together. We pray, God, that you would touch us. Pray, God, that you would bless us. I pray, God, that everything would be done in love and in your spirit. I pray, God, that this word would uh, uh, allow us to saturate in it, God, to grow in it, Lord, to learn from it. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, on the podcast, if you did listen this week, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell a story that I told this week again, uh, so I apologize, but I think it ties in well with this morning. I posted a podcast episode this week on unnecessary tradition, and a story that I love about St. Patrick in Ireland, and how he baptized the king, King Angus, in I think the 4th or the 5th century. And they begin the, the baptismal process. And uh, during the process of baptizing, he's, Patrick is speaking. And he doesn't realize, but he jabs his staff into the king's foot while he's doing the, the, the baptism service. And at the end of the service, he looks down, and there's blood pulling around King Angus's foot. And he says, uh, the, Patrick realizing that the king could have him strung up, he says, why didn't you say anything? He said, I thought it was part of the ritual. And, uh, you know, we, we have traditions that we, we get around stuff, we get involved in things, and we have traditions that we just, sometimes they're painful, but we're so used to doing them, or we imagine this is just part of doing what we're doing. Um, we, just, we just do it. There are unnecessary traditions that we have, but there are some necessary traditions. There are some needed traditions that we have in the church that we must Learn about, and I feel like that, that this message stems from me, uh, no, no fault of my parents, no fault of my grandparents, no fault of, of that, but I think you can, you can find that what I'm saying is true maybe in your life. Uh, I feel like there's some traditions that I just don't feel like people explained why we did them. 
Why do we do this? Why do we do this? And my thought this morning is specifically around the King James Bible. Why, why do we still use a 400-year-old translation of the Bible? And so my thought this morning, should we still use it? Should we still use it? Well, first, I'll take you to Revelation 22, where we just read. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. God's serious about his word. He inspired his word. He gave it to man. He used man to pin his word down. And he is serious about the integrity of his word. He wants it to stay pure. He wants it to stay uh, intact. He wants it to be um, in complete truth and, and complete revelation to the world. And what we find the devil has done, and the devil did in the garden, and the devil did with Jesus when he tempted Jesus, is he twisted the context of God's word. He changed God's word in order to try to enact temptation out in the garden and with Jesus when he tempted Jesus. The, the devil's greatest tool is to twist God's word. You say, how do you know that? If he did that with Jesus Christ, that's his greatest tool. He wants to twist God's word. He wants to change God's word. And while I know and I understand that the King James Bible wasn't the first Bible that ever existed, the King James Bible was not written, it's not written in the Hebrew, the Aramaic, and the Greek. I believe that it has maintained the integrity to still be the potent, true, inspired word of God today. I believe it. This church stands on it. The bylaws of this very church state that we, we use and we follow from the King James Bible. I knew this wouldn't be one of them screaming and shouting, but that's all right. That's okay. I want to do this in love. But I also want to be honest because there's a lot of deception going on today. There are some changes that have been made. And I'm going to give you scripture, and that's why I gave you references. There's some scriptures that have been changed and altered that pervert the word of God. And I believe it's, it, we must know and understand what's going on and what's being changed in our society today. Turn with me first, if you will. We're going to be all over the place. Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Let me say this. If you have another version of the Bible today, I'm not attacking you by any means. I'm not attacking you at all. That's why I'm trying to give you, we got a lot of scripture to go through today. I just hope to help point maybe in the right direction. Galatians 4. Now I'm going to read the King James. I'm going to read the NIV. Then I'm going to read the ESV. Some people that might offend, but the easiest way to find out is to hear it for yourself. Galatians 4, verse 7. Wherefore... Thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through, what does it say? Christ. Through Christ. Now let me read the NIV to you. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Let me read the ESV. So you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Anything missing? Christ. 
Christ. Why in the world would we take Christ out of a verse? Why would we translate the Word of God and remove the name of Christ? I believe what we find today is that there's an attack on uh, uh, the, the, the very name of Christ. There's an attack on the, 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 the very deity of Christ. There's an attack on the very being of Christ. Why would we remove his name? Why would, we, why would we take Christ out? This whole Bible, I prayed this morning, Lord, let this message be Christ-centered. I've had this on my heart for a while. Let this message be Christ-centered. And I believe when we read the verse from the King James, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The NIV says, God has made you also an heir. We know, we believe in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're not complete without Christ. God makes us an heir. He makes us an heir through Christ and we must proclaim that. And that's what we find in our King James Bible. If you, without Christ, you're still a slave. Without the, the redemption and the freedom of Christ, you're still a slave. Amen. Thank you. Now, go over. This is probably the most convincing scriptures that you'll find on this topic. Go to the book of Acts, chapter number 8, if you will. Acts, chapter number 8. This is the story, beginning verse 26. We find the story here of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip. Beginning in verse 26, the Bible says, reading from the King James... And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet, then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom, whom speakest the prophet this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Uh, the, the Holy Spirit is convicting this eunuch. 
And they come to water, and this eunuch in his travels, he probably had seen baptism. And this, this is how we know, uh, and I believe, in full immersion baptism, because uh, he didn't walk by a glass of water and say, hey, what's keeping me from being baptized? He walked by the creek, and he said, what's keeping me from being baptized? I just had to throw that one in there. Verse 37, and Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's the saving, redeeming power of our Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 37, that is the gospel of Christ. Uh, That is someone saying, I am repenting of my sins, I am turning to Jesus, and I'm accepting Him as my Savior. Verse 37, now we go on down to verse 38. And He commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip and the eunuch, saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Astos, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now, I'm going to read, like I did before, the NIV and the ESV. This is, this, these verses are the reason I gave you the references, because you may need to see it for yourself, and that's fine. I'm, I believe I'm just trying to be a vessel of the Spirit, And uh, if you need to go study it out yourself, that's fine. Verse 36 in the NIV. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and uh, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? It skips verse 37, and it goes to verse 38, and it says, And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. In the ESV, verse 36, And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? It doesn't even reference in the ESV, verse 37. It goes directly to verse 38, and it says, And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down in the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. What happened in verse 37? Salvation of the eunuch. The NIV and the ESV... Translation completely skips verse 37 entirely. There is a footnote, and, and let, me, let me say this. Why would we ever make salvation a footnote? Come on now. Verse 37 is a footnote that says, if you, if you look at it in an NIV or ESV, uh, I can speak to the NIV because I do have one of those uh, that, I, that I've inherited from some place, but anyway, it says in there, it says verse 37 is generally rendered in, in some of the, transla- the original translations. Why would we remove salvation from God's Word? Why would we, we make salvation a footnote in the bottom of the page in God's Word? This is not popular preaching this morning. But the devil wants to twist and change God's word. Verse 37 in the King James Bible, And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Why would we ever take that out of God's word? Why would we ever remove that? Revelation 22 is very serious about this. If you add to or you take away, you are dooming yourself. It's serious. But yet... I I honestly, for most of my life, I use King James because that's what mom and daddy used. I'm a Baptist because that's what mom and daddy was. I was fully immersed, baptized, because that's what mommy and daddy was. But how deceptive the devil has been able to come in and change God's word. He, He seeks to change God's word. 
and why man would ever desire to remove salvation and the name of Christ, why would we ever do that? What's the point? What's the benefit? If we take Christ from His Word, we corrupt the Word. And, 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 and hey, there are saved people that, that have other versions. You may have another version of the Bible in here, and that, hey, that's between you and God. I'm just telling you what the Spirit gave me this week. Just seek the Lord. I, I plead and I beg of you, seek the Lord. Because it is so, this is so, this is huge. Huge! But I never had anybody sit down and say, this, and like I said, I'm not bad-mouthing anybody around me growing up. They didn't, they didn't have it either. Revelation 1. This will be the last time we turn, and then I'll, I'll give you my thoughts and we'll be done. Revelation 1. We've seen other versions remove Christ's name. We've seen other versions. Most, most importantly, they remove Repentance. They remove repentance. And then we see alternate versions, they remove the kingship of Christ. Revelation 1, verse 9, it says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as, a tr as of a trumpet, saying, look at verse 11, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches. This is, this is Jesus talking here, folks. I've, I, this, these are red letters right here. He says, I am Alpha and Omega. The NIV says, I, John, your brother... And companion in the suffering and kingdom of patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write a scroll, what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. The SV says, I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and, and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was in the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to the Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. What do we miss in those verses? Alpha and Omega. Why would we remove the name of Christ? Why would we remove repentance? And why in the world would we remove the kingship of Christ? He says he's Alpha and Omega. Why would we ever take it out? You can throw all the degrees and all the, the, the theological doctorates and everything in a room, and these people are so foolish that they remove the kingship of the creator of this universe. Be careful is what I'm saying. Use caution. Let God lead you. Pray about this. Don't, don't take Josh's word on it. Pray about it and seek the spirit about this issue in yourself. And I believe, I believe in my whole heart, you will come to this conclusion, not because of what Josh said. I don't want you to ever do anything because of what Josh said. If you do it because of what Josh said, if I ever leave... There you go. Well, we're going to have to wait on Hopefully the new preacher's got his mind straight somewhere. I don't want you to do it for me. 
I don't want you to do it for mom and dad. I don't want you to do it for grandma and grandpa. I don't want you to do it for anybody but for God. Ask His Spirit to lead you and guide you on this issue. If you can see this and you, you claim to love God's Word, I believe if you pray and seek the Spirit, you'll find. Hey, you say, well, I've never even, I've never even entertained the thought of looking at another version. That's okay. I'm just telling you we need to guard against it. Because back in Revelation 22, he says, If any man shall add unto these things, and God, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. God's serious about his word. And the devil's greatest tool is to corrupt and to change God's word. He's after you. He wants to use it. Why do people say, well, Jesus turned water into wine, so it's why I, I, I'll do whatever I want. I'll, I'll drink or I'll do whatever else. Hey, the Bible, the, the concept of the Bible teaches against drunkenness, teaches against, I believe, even, even uh, partaking in alcohol as a beverage. Our church covenant says that. Fornication and, and ungodliness and, and, and that's how, those types of things. God's word as a concept and truth teaches against it. Seek the spirit in these things. Desire God's truth in your life. And I believe we can get on the same page about stuff. And I'm not condemning you. I love you, Mountain View. I love you. But I'm just telling you, the devil, he wants to deceive. And he's had success with a lot of these other things. He's twisted God's word. He's taken God's word out of context. And he's made a lot of people believe it. And I've been guilty of it in my life. If I want to justify something, it's just growing up in that tradition. If I want to justify Josh doing wrong, I'll find some scripture that supports where I stand. And I'll skip the context, but I'll take the verse and just say, ah, this makes me, I'm okay. I'll be all right. A couple of things I'll give you before we wrap up. Excuses some give. I don't, I don't like the, the King James. But you can ask my wife. She's been to it a little bit more than I. Certain churches and church groups and, and ladies groups and stuff you come in, they make you feel bad for having a King James Version Bible. People are bitter against it because I think what happens is there's some bitter people preaching from it. There's been some bitter people preach out of the King James. There's been some people take the King James Bible and, and just twist it just like anything else. But people say, well, it's too hard to understand. My great, great, great grandfather. Here we go, one of the old folksy stories I can tell you. His name was Obadiah Serrett. Born in the 1840s, his family immigrated here from Ireland. Family tradition tells that his father was killed, y'all like this, by none other than the Henderson County Sheriff. <laughs> he was drunk and swung an axe at the Henderson County Sheriff and he shot him dead. And then he married my grandmother. The sheriff did. Killed my grandfather, married my grandfather, grandmother. You talk about some messed up mountain stories. Then they moved up to Sandy Mush, and that's how that part of the family ended up up there. Well, Obadiah Jr., what a family situation. Living with the man that killed, killed his dad down here in Henderson County. It might have been Buncombe, but the family story says Henderson. I figured you'd like that. Obadiah, he didn't know how to read or write. When he joined the Confederate Army, I'm like on week two or three preaching on the, on the Civil War, so I'm sorry. But he joined the Confederate Army, and I've got the, the image of the, the, the letter he signed for his document to join the, mil the Army over in Marshall. And he made an X. 
Began to even sign his name. That's actually where there was a, our, our name changed during that altercation, during that event. They changed it from an A to an E in the end of our name because he didn't know how to read, he didn't know how to write. Obadiah, he got out of the army, came back home, and when he was 80 years old in 1922, he had his first opportunity to learn how to read. He and my grandmother, they went to night school. Along with most of their 14 children, the big family. They all went together to night school. When he completed night school, they said he hadn't been to Asheville. It wasn't like you just jump in your car and drive to Asheville. He said he hadn't been to Asheville from Sandy Mush since the end of the Civil War. 1922, he graduated night school and learned how to read and write. A lady came to him, Miss Day, Della Day was her name. She came and taught him how to read, spent time with him. During the span of 10 years, Obadiah, he read the New Testaments and the Psalms through 25 times. By the time he died, he had read the entirety of the Bible through six times. Learned to read at eight, 80 years old. There's, I got the article, the news article about this. It's wonderful. And the writer of the news article said about his favorite book and his greatest treasure said that it's carefully kept and frequently read. Talking about his Bible. It said that he also told others, learn how to read. They also said he never got high fluting about being able to read. He was still just an old country fella. But he did this from a King James Bible. And people say, and it's easy to say, well, this is too hard to understand. But I'm here to tell you, if an 80-year-old man had never read in his entire life can seek the Spirit of God and learn how to read and read through it that much, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. 80 years old. Hey, he could have given up and just said, I told you about the, the other guy we knew. I think it was a family member somewhere. His wife would have to read to the congregation for him. He didn't even know how to read. God can do it. Seek his face. Don't let the devil make you feel like you can't learn it. Also, people have the mindset, well, the word should change to sound modern. I love the beauty of the King James Bible. I love the beauty of the Bible. Because it doesn't sound like the world. It doesn't sound like the world. And it's hard to understand sometimes. But let the Spirit tell you what the Word says. Finally, there's a few things. I've got to throw a few alliterated thoughts in there. The memory of the King James. Many people have said, and I don't know how it was, I don't know how this was tested or, or checked, but one article I read said that surveys of Americans in churches across America that had changed from the King James Version. They said that they were found that they were no longer able to recite Scripture. There's a, such a difference and a separation in the way that it's written, it's easier for us to retain because it doesn't sound the way we talk today. It separates itself. And that's not doctrinally a uh, big doctrinal difference, but it's a difference nonetheless. And the mindset of the King James. The King James doesn't try to be the word for people in 2023. It is the word for people from 1611, when it was finally completed, forever. 
And that's the beauty of it. It doesn't try to meet where, what I'm going through in my modern times. It doesn't try to meet exactly what my issue is, but yet it does. The mindset of it, it's timeless because it hasn't been changed. It was also meticulous. When they got to, when I read the stories, I don't know if it says it in your, if you have a, a king, the, the story of the King James translators in the front of your Bible, but if you ever read that, I believe it's in there about how they would get to the very name of God and they would change their quills to write God's name. They would toss aside the quills, but they would write the name of God. They would write the name of Jesus Christ. They would write the name Lord. They'd get a different quill to write those holy words. It's meticulous. These were imperfect men, but it was meticulous. Do you know why we do this? Use the King James. Do you know why we're Baptists? Do you know why we do this or do that? Do you know the difference? Like I said, I, I give you some references. Maybe study it out. Learn for yourself. Seek the Lord for yourself. Do you care? That's the last thing. Do we care? That's what I don't ever want to be is that I don't care. I just go with anything. I just, ah. If it's in the name of the Lord, it's, it's good. And that's not true. There's a lot of people out there professing the Lord and saying, I'm this, I'm that, we're this church, we're that church. But these things matter. They really do. And it's not popular preaching, and that's fine. That's what God called me to do. I pray that you just seek this for yourself. You have the message. That's what I've got this morning. Like I said, it's not a screaming and shouting, but that's all right. I wonder if anyone has anything before we dismiss.